some super frustrating basketball at the Mecca over the last week. They go one and one do the New York Knicks. Their offense simply just lacking. Just two games that will break down. Incredibly, the Knicks were able to have a whole weekend off. I don't know how that happened, but we'll break down the two games played in the last week for the New York Knicks. This is the Knicks Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. New York Sports Nation, enhancing your New York fan experience. I'm Manny Rodriguez. Let's get it rolling. All right, so let's start with Monday night's game at home uh, against the Pacers. This was an incredibly frustrating game to watch for for two quarters. Um, The first quarter was a showcase of just horrible shooting. The Pacers made nine shots while the Knicks made eight. And the Knicks didn't make a three in the first quarter despite them getting clean looks. The offense itself was fine, the Knicks' offense. But it was just simply a case of the shots not falling for New York. Uh, defensively, they played fine too. Um, the Knicks, excuse me, the Pacers were able to get up some clean shots too, um, but they weren't falling either. You know, the Knicks were really lucky that the Pacers' shots weren't falling in that first quarter. Um, again, the Knicks with no threes in the first quarter, and the Pacers hit just one. Uh, Kemba played a great first quarter, making the first Nick, uh, the first eight Nick points. Um, and it didn't come until with about seven minutes played in the first quarter that somebody not named Kemba Walker finally scored for the Knicks, and it was Julius Randle. And at that point, that made the score eleven to ten. Indiana, uh, Indiana led twenty to sixteen after the first quarter. Yeah, it was it was one of those nights where you sit back and ask yourself if this is nineteen ninety four. You know, one of one of those nights at the Garden. The Knicks' first three didn't come until a little less than two minutes had gone by in the in the second quarter. It was Emmanuel Quickly who continues to play great off of the bench, and in fact, the entire bench continues to play at a level that should both anger the starters but yet relieve them because the bench has really, over the past week or so, two weeks, excuse me, they have really been um, playing at a level that bails out the starters. Um, The second unit continues to outwork the first unit that's flat out plain and simple. The second unit shot 58% in the second quarter and brought the energy back to the garden. And the Knicks outscored the Pacers in that second quarter, 32-29, to at the half, it was a one-point game, 49-48, to 48, the advantage to the Pacers. Then the third quarter of, doomed, of third quarter of doom showed up again for the Knicks. The starters, again, flat coming out of the locker room at the half. I don't understand why they just come out and they play basketball at such a low caliber. It's frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating. The starters shot... in the third quarter. 38%. With about four minutes, after about four minutes had elapsed in in the uh, third quarter, the Knicks' deficit had swelled up to 12. But again, as Tom Thibodeau started to pull the starters and started to put in the second unit piece by piece in, the deficit was reduced little by little. With 152 left in the third quarter, Toppin and Quickly came in, and for the first time in the second half, the entire second unit was on the court. At that point, it was an eight-point deficit, 
74 to 76, the advantage was for the Pacers. And then in the last two minutes or so, the Knicks held Indy scoreless, and they they themselves scored three points. So again, it wasn't pretty at the end of the third quarter, but the Knicks held their own defensively. Entering the fourth quarter, it was 74 to 69. And then finally, in the fourth quarter, the Knicks woke up. They bullied up. With 8.52 left, quickly hit a three to tie the game at 74. We saw a lineup to close the game that consisted of Rose, quickly, Barrett, Randall, and Gibson. So of the starting five, no Walker, no Fournier, no Robinson. Um, at one point in the fourth quarter, we saw Thibs run out a lineup of quickly Burks, Barrett, Randall, and Toppin. And... Um, even Fred Katz of The Athletic, who now covers the Knicks for The Athletic, said, hey, I think this is the first time this season that we see this lineup. Um, and they played well. I mean, it was a phenomenal display of defense all through the fourth quarter, no matter what rotation Thibs had out on the court. Um, the Knicks outscored the Pacers 23-10 to in the final 12 minutes. The Knicks held Indy to 2-for-20 from the field in the fourth quarter, 1-for-13 from deep. Emmanuel quickly played the entire uh, fourth quarter on Monday night. It wasn't pretty, but the Knicks won 92-84 to against the Pacers on Monday, improving to 8-6 and on the season. But the issues with the Knicks remain the same. Um, the starting lineup, again, did not show up against the Pacers. Um, Julius Randle is not providing the load scoring. You know, you look at the box score and you can see that. But the way that he plays, he knows when his shot isn't falling. Yeah, he might have gone 6 for 15 on Monday, but you know what else? He's providing something that isn't just scoring as well. Yeah, he's not providing the scoring load, but that's okay because he's still hauling in double-digit rebounds and he's dishing the ball. He might have had five turnovers on Monday, but on an off-shooting night, in which you bring in 10, 10, and 5, that's, that's not a bad night. And if you disagree, we simply can't have a conversation about basketball. 10, 10, and 5 isn't horrible. Coming from your arguably your best player, yeah, I can understand why that brings frustration. But again, 10, 10, and 5 from any player on a night, it isn't bad. It really isn't. Um, R.J. Barrett continues to struggle shooting the ball. Um, he didn't make a 3 in the first half, um, but the threes that he did make, he went two for two in the third quarter and one for two in the fourth, and that one shot that he had in the third quarter, that one make, excuse me, the one make from three that he had in the fourth quarter, um, that ended up being the dagger with less than 20 seconds left. Um, Barrett actually had zero points entering the second half, He's got to get out of this slump. He, I believe he finished with 12 points in the game, 12 second-half points. But, again, if R.J. Barrett is able to get out of this slump, you know, he can he can score 20 points a night. I really do believe that. Um, yeah, he scored 12 points on 4-for-13 shooting, but he's got to get out of this slump. Um, maybe we saw shades of that in the second half of Monday's game, and if you're a Knicks fan, you hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, RJ Barrett continues to struggle. He didn't have the greatest night on Monday, but again, um, you hope that the dagger three that he had with, what was it? 19 seconds left in the game. You hope that that dagger three 
gives him some some rhythm um, as as we head into the next game. But again, Barrett's got to snap out of the slump. Um, Kimball Walker, he might have been active on social media over the last few days and saw all the comments of, of his play. He played better on Monday, getting 12 points in the first half, including the aforementioned eight, uh, the first eight points for the Knicks on Monday night. Um, but offensively, he disappeared in the second half with just four points. But again, you have to take into consideration that he only played seven minutes in the second half because of the great night that Emmanuel quickly was putting up. Um, but again, the offensive output continues or, or went up with Kemba Walker on Monday. You hope that maybe on Wednesday night, um, you hope that maybe on Wednesday night, Kemba Walker will be able to put up a fine offensive performance both in the first and in the second half. But again, it all depends on if the starting unit is playing at a low caliber and the uh, bench unit is playing is outplaying the first unit. That's really the case that it, that it is. You know, Kemba Walker only seven minutes in the second half just just goes to show the lack of playing time that some of these starters had. Um, in, in the second half, and with all the and with all good reason, because again, this unit has been struggling. Evan Fournier, another one of those stra- starters who continues to struggle mightily, just seven points on Monday on three for nine shooting. For the contract that he got, Fournier has to play better than this. He has to pick it up. I truthfully believe that if Fournier wasn't getting eighteen million dollars a year, he'd already be on the bench behind quickly. Because Emmanuel has outplayed Evan this season, and especially over the last five games. Quickly continues to be the man who should be in a position to take more minutes away from a starter, whether that be Fournier or whether that be uh, Walker. Um, Quickly scored 16 points off the bench on Monday in just 23 minutes. A very efficient 5-for-9 from the field and a perfect 4-for-4 from deep. He was also able to grab in five rebounds as well. Quickly is definitely starting after that um, slow start to the beginning of the season. Um, He's really been able to pick it up up of late. And it's um, heartwarming to see if you're the Knicks. Alec Burks and Taj Gibson will get disrespected by the box score readers, but they played phenomenal defense, um, especially Burks in the fourth quarter. Um, Early on, Burks made a a mistake inbounding, and that's kind of been a theme a little bit with Burks when he doesn't really know how the play is going to develop. Better, Let me say it like this. When his first option isn't there and his second option isn't there, he kind of panics. You know, I mean, it's understandable. You got five seconds to inbound the ball. If option number one isn't there and option number two isn't there, I'd panic too. But he's a pro, and he's got to do a better job in inbounding the ball, especially in those situations in which option number one or two on the inbound aren't there. Um, He floats a pass in to either his third option or back to his first option. He'll just float a pass in there, and that's what happened in the first half of the game on Monday. And that's starting to become a bit of a recurring trend, but um, Burks was able to make up with, make up for it defensively. Again, a spectacular game defensively by Burks, especially in the fourth quarter. And Taj Gibson um, really played great defense all night long, um, providing blocks, able to be in the right place, uh, disrupt shooters. Uh, really, again, those two men will get disrespected by the people who only read the box score, but the people who watch the tape and who watch the game will certainly appreciate the type of effort that Burks and Gibson put into the game on Monday night. 
Um, Derek Rose continues to be the glue that holds the starting unit and the second unit together. Um, he continues to be such a big piece for the Knicks in this role. On Monday, he was able to uh, score 14 points on 7 for 14 shooting. Did not make a 3, but again, very efficient, 50% from the field. You add that with 7 assists and 5 rebounds. Another one of those great performances by Derrick Rose off the bench. Again, I cannot stress how big Derrick Rose is for this team. I cannot stress it enough. The Knicks and Leon Rose absolutely destroy the Pistons in this trade. Derrick Rose is the biggest piece of the puzzle for the Knicks. Again, he is the piece that is holding everything together, who was holding, you know, the the, the starting unit with the bench unit. He's just, oh, I just can't. He's just so, so important. I'm so happy Derrick Rose is on this team. Um, Obi Toppin. I feel like he really didn't get a fair shake on Monday's game. I still think he should play more than 15 minutes like he did on Monday. But, but when Taj Gibson is playing at the level that he is defensively, at least in Monday's, on Monday's game, uh, during Monday's game, I can understand why Toppin is the big man left out, the big man that's left with the least minutes. Um, but Toppin, again, providing some electrifying dunks that energizes the crowd at the Garden. Um, in back-to-back plays in the, first, in the second quarter, um, he was able to throw down an alley-oop for Rose on a, on a pick-and-roll. Um, and then uh, Derrick Rose was able to find him in the corner. Luckily for the Knicks, uh, Sabonis went for the steal, but he wasn't able to corral the steal. A bit of a loose ball behind him. Uh, behind Sabonis, Toppin picked up the ball, drove baseline, and put Goga Bitaze on a poster on a double clutch. It was absolutely electrifying to watch. Again, I don't think he's getting enough minutes, but I can understand why he isn't getting enough minutes when Taj Gibson is playing at the level that he is defensively. Um, it was ugly. It was an ugly win, but I'll take any win right now, especially with the way that the starters are playing. The bench unit continuing to outplay the starting unit continuing to uh, draw concern, continuing to see minutes dwindle for players like Mitchell Robinson and uh, Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. And again, these are players, especially Mitchell Robinson, who wants to play, who wants to play at an all-defense uh, all type level. We haven't really seen that. Um, he, there was conversation earlier in the week about how he is yet to find the perfect pair of shoes, which obviously makes a huge, huge difference for NBA players. But, um, you know, he's not, excuse me, he's not playing at the level that we know he can, um, at least offensively. Um, Fournier is getting way too much money to be playing at the level that he is. And I mean, we've taken a flyer on Kemba Walker and for the most part, it hasn't worked out this season. Hopefully you see him starting to turn the corner but um there's still a lot of holes here with the Knicks that need to be patched up and again you know the excuse of this team needs to needs time to gel together I think is is malarkey I think it's they've been together now since training camp and they ran preseason you know and we're now what a month into the season regular season you know, um, these guys have had enough time to gel, and um, it's time to start winning basketball games, especially with um, lesser, no offense, but lesser opponents, teams that the Knicks should beat because of the teams that they're going up against. Um, 
they're going up against the Rockets and the Magic in the next two days, in the next two games, I should say. You know, a couple of teams that are going to be historically bad this season. You know, the the Magic have uh, three wins, 11 losses, and the Rockets are, I think they only have one win this season. Uh, yeah, the Rockets are 1-13, so there's no reason why the Knicks shouldn't be 10-6 and six by, um, by Sunday morning, you know? But we'll see. You know, Knicks got the magic next, and uh, they are able to beat the Pacers at home 92-84 to 84 to improve to 8-6 and six on the campaign. We move on to Wednesday's game against the Magic, and uh, the Knicks offense lays out another dud. 98 points, and 45 of those, courtesy of the bench. Another bad third quarter, and another series of trips and fumbles to close out the game. Super, super frustrating. Um, People who had the over 208 for the Knicks Magic game uh, were certainly ripping their hair out watching the first quarter. For the second straight night, the Knicks struggle in the first quarter at the Garden. They shot 38% on 8-for-21 shooting, while the Magic shot 32% on 8-for-25 shooting. It was 23-21, to Knicks up after one. The Knicks shot 30% from deep in the first quarter, and the teams combined for 11 turnovers, the Knicks culprit of six of them. Barrett, Randall, and Fournier combined to go 3-for-13 from the field in the first quarter. Another one of those nights at the Garden in the first quarter where the offense provides nothing. But there was more offense in the second quarter. The Knicks shot 11-for-21 from the field, but the Magic kept pace with them going 11-for-26. Um... But the Knicks were still unable to find the range. They were 3-for-12 from long distance, while the Magic, 6-for-11. Randall picked it up in the second quarter, scoring 7 points and missing only a free throw in his 7 minutes of time in in the second quarter. But that was really it on offense. Um, Rose and Robinson were able to chip in with another 4 points each. But again, simply no offense for the Knicks. Um, they got outscored 29 to 26 in the second quarter and uh, headed into the half down 50 to 49. And then the third quarter came again and again, the third quarter of doom for the Knicks. It was just abysmal again, the, the effort by the Knicks. It's mind boggling. It's confusing. I don't understand why they just come out flat every night. Unable to hit shots, whether they're in the paint, whether they're inside the arc, whether they're long twos, whether they're, you know, three-pointers, they just can't hit their shots. Rose led all Knicks in points in the third quarter with six. Six points. Barrett, Randall, Robinson, and Quickly provided the rest of the scoring in the quarter with three points each. So you had Rose with six. Barrett with three, Randall with three, Robinson with three, and quickly for three, and that was it. The type of offense that this Knicks team provides coming out of the half. You would think they'd be well-rested after just having a 10-minute break. Well, no, they come out cold every time. And it looks like they're unmotivated as well. And they come out the locker room 
and it's a quick 7 nothing run that the other team puts on every night coming out of the locker room. And then all of a sudden the heads hang and, and the woe is me and the, and the timeout. And coming out of the timeout and still having the same energy. Something's got to change. The Knicks get outscored in the third quarter, 22-18. The Knicks shot 26% from the field, 29% from deep in that quarter. The Knicks are very fortunate to have been able to limit the Magic to 8-for-24 shooting from the field and 1-for-8 from deep. Barrett and Randall combined to go 2-for-11 from the field. Now, I couldn't even include Fournier into this stat because he didn't take a shot. The Knicks trailed 72-67 to entering the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, a different lineup does the job. You got, uh, Thibodeau put in quickly, Burks, Toppin, Robinson, and Barrett. That was the lineup with 10.05 left in the game. So about two minutes had gone by in the fourth quarter. At this point, the Knicks trailed by nine points. Over the next three and a half minutes and change, the Knicks went on an 18-4 run to take an 89-84 lead with 6.33 left. Then with 3.42 left and the Knicks leading by three, 94-91, Tom Thibodeau lost the game. There's other factors as to why the Knicks lost, but this right here was the icing on the cake on why the Knicks lost. He subbed Randall back into the game for Robinson. Magic rookie head coach Jamal Mosley sees this and realizes they're about to go small with uh, Julius Randall and Obi Toppin at the four and the five. So Mosley brings in Mo Bamba to replace Jalen Suggs. And now you got Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter in the forward and center position, matched up against Julius Randle and Obi Toppin. The Knicks' offense somewhat flutters after those substitutions. They give up a 5-0 run. With two minutes left, Thibodeau goes even smaller. He subs Toppin out of the game for Derrick Rose. So now you got Rose, quickly, Barrett, Burks, and Randle out on the floor to counter Anthony, Suggs, Wagner, Bamba, and Carter Jr. A 9-4 run for the Magic in the final two minutes, capped off by a rare Rose turnover in crunch time, which leads to an alley-oop to Wendell Carter Jr. Two losses to the Magic. Orlando 104-98 victory over New York on Wednesday night in the Garden. Julius Randle was awful. Evan Fournier was awful. Kemba Walker was awful. R.J. Barrett can't buy a three. Emmanuel quickly was limited shooting, taking just five shots, but he did make two, both of them three-pointers. He added seven assists. Obi Toppin is still making the most out of his minutes. He had 14 points in 17 minutes, five rebounds, six for nine shooting. He even made two three-pointers. A team high plus 11. Randall, by the way, finished with a team low, minus 21. Six Knicks score in double figures. You got Barrett with 17, Burks with 15 off the bench, Toppin with 14 off the bench, Randall and Robinson each with 13 points, and Derrick Rose with another 10 off the bench. 
Now that seems like a lot, but the 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 front court isn't the issue with the Knicks. I've come to grips with that. It's the backcourt. Walker and Fournier providing absolutely nothing. Fournier had five points. Kemba Walker had five points. These two men stole money from the Celtics last year. And now Evan Fournier is going to steal the Knicks money. A pathetic performance by Fournier. Again, 70, what, 72, $78 million over the next four years. Something along those lines. For him to go two for six from the field, one for four from behind the arc. Five points, one assist, one rebound, minus one in 20 minutes. He's been awful of late, Fournier. Twelve, uh, he's averaging 12 points on the season right now with three rebounds and two assists. He's been awful. Kemba Walker has been awful. Two for seven last night. One for three from behind the arc. What happened to his range? He was a sniper when he was with Charlotte. The 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 downhill fall of Kemba Walker is something disheartening, something upsetting, especially considering, you know, how much the city loves Kemba Walker. You know, a kid from, from the Bronx went to school in Harlem. Making it to the A. Coming back to play for the Knicks, and this is how he performs. It's not the it's not the storybook ending that every New York Knicks fan as a young kid had, you know. It's frustrating. I'm incredibly frustrated. This team is capable for so much more. This contest was really just poor offense all around. And the Knicks drop another game to an inferior opponent. And this is becoming a trend now. You know what we call teams that are 2-0 and against teams like the Sixers and 1-2 and against teams like the Magic? We call them pretenders. This is what bad, good teams do. They're able to hang tight against the, against the, uh, against the Sixers. You know, they're able to hang tight against teams like the Bucks. You see, we're fine. We beat the Sixers. We came back against the Bucks. Twice we came back against the Bucks. This team is fine. Is it are they fine? Are they fine? Cause to lose two games to the Magic is unacceptable. Especially this Magic team. No offense to the Magic, but it's no secret that the Orlando Magic are going to probably be the worst team in the Eastern Conference this year. If not them, the Detroit Pistons. Probably won't be the worst team in the NBA because there's a couple of bottom feeders in the Western Conference. But this Magic team, they're going to be battling the Sixers for um, 15th place in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks have to come up with these games against teams that are clearly inferior to them. Losing games like this is unacceptable if this team is what they believe they are, talent-wise. There's no excuse for them to lose two games through the Orlando Magic. The Magic have four wins this season now, and half of those wins are against the Knicks at the Garden. Two Orlando 
games lost at the Garden. That's unacceptable. Their entire record at home this season is unacceptable. Three and five at the Garden? That's horrible. Absolutely horrible. R.J. Barrett has got to find the range. Because if Julius Randle is struggling and R.J. Barrett is struggling, where are they going to go to? Where are they going to go to for the offensive input? Clearly the answer isn't Fournier and Walker. It's not Mitchell Robinson. Unfortunately for Robinson, you know, he was born probably 20 years too late. He would have been a great big man in the mid-2000s defensively, running the pick and roll. Unfortunately, Robinson got put into the wrong generation where the dominant big man isn't around anymore. The pick and rolls aren't around anymore to the extent that they used to be. Robinson won't be able to provide that scoring outload. I'm surprised he scored 13 points against the Magic. That's high for Mitchell Robinson. If Barrett and Randall are both struggling, who are the Knicks going to? One of the starters has to answer that question. Because it can't be, you know, Obi Toppin every time. The man gets 17 minutes. 15 minutes, if that. What do you expect him to do in those 15 to 17 minutes? You're really going to hope that it's Kemba Walker, or excuse me, you're really going to hope that it's Derrick Rose or Emmanuel Quickly trying to provide the spark off the bench, score 25 points. Having Barrett and Randall struggle at the same time is worst-case scenario for the Knicks because that's how they flutter. Their energy works with each other. If it seems as though, because when Randall puts up 30 points, you know, Barrett will chip in with, you know, 15 or 17 or whatever. And if Barrett is scoring 25 points, Randall will occasionally put up the 20 points to go along with it. But 17 and 13 from them last night, or better said Wednesday night, against the Magic? Again, who are, who is this team going to find? Who who are they going who are they going to look to to get them a bucket? L- lately it's been Derrick Rose. But that answer has to be one of the starters. Somebody who was going to put on the big boy pants and say the rest of the team is struggling, it's on me to try to bring this team back. The Knicks don't have that guy. We think it's Randall. But when Randall struggles like this, you know, Robin's going to have to come out. And we haven't found that yet. It's so frustrating. Two losses at the home, at the Garden, to a team that's going to be horrible this season. That's just, it's mind-boggling. Ugh, I'm so upset. You're listening to the Knicks Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. New York Sports Nation enhancing your New York fan experience. Three and five at home. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I'm still very upset. Here's the upcoming schedule for the New York Knicks. Three games over the next week for New York. Another very, very, very winnable game. 
Will they win it? I don't know because apparently they lose to inferior opponents and are able to hang tough against uh, able to hang tough against um, good teams. The one and fourteen, one and fourteen Houston Rockets are coming to town. It's been nearly a month since the Rockets won a game. This team is going to be the worst team in the league. Earlier, I said that the Magic might end up finishing. As the worst team in the Eastern Conference, well, I think that the Houston Rockets will end up being the worst team in the Western Conference, which will mean the NBA because Rockets are just a different level of bad. Them and the Pelicans are going to be battling for that, uh, you know, ugly crown, I guess you could say. Um, Christian Wood leads the Rockets in scoring, rebounding, and rebounding, averaging 16 points with 11 rebounds. Um Rockets at Knicks, that's on Saturday, November 20th at 5 p.m. on MSG. Then a pair of litmus tests will follow. And they don't get much rest. They'll go to Chicago to take on the 10-5 and 5 Bulls on Sunday, November 21st. Tip is slated for 8 p.m. on MSG. DeMar DeRozan, the Compton kid finding success in Chicago, he leads the team in scoring with uh, 26.6 points, almost 27 points a night. Nikola Vucevic averaging about 11 rebounds a game, while Lonzo Ball is averaging about five dimes a game. And then they'll come back to New York and get set to host the Lakers. LeBron James has been sidelined due to an ab strain, but he is expected to return before the trip uh, to New York, so expect to see LeBron James playing at MSG. The Lakers sit at 8-8. Eight and eight. James still leads the team in scoring with 25 points a night. Davis leads in boards 11 per night, and Westbrook leads in assists 9 a night. That game will be on Tuesday, November 23rd on TNT, a 7.30 p.m. tip. That's the last Knicks game before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Happy holidays, everybody. Well, there you have it. Don't forget, podcasts are out every Friday, an article coming out every Monday. You should check out my last article on why um, there needs to be a change in the rotation for the Knicks. Seems as though that's still relevant as we head into another week. Next week, we'll break down the next three games for New York. I'm Manny Rodriguez. This has been the Knicks Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. New York Sports Nation, enhancing your New York fan experience. Until next time. Go New York, go New York, go. See you, everybody.